monster is a mirror, and when we look at him, we look into our own hidden faces, meditate on this at second level. Is this life reality? No. It is a film. The television screen is the retina of the mind's eye. Therefore, the television screen is part of the physical structure of the brain. Here is the hair I've lost in the past three months. Take it. It belongs to you. You will know why one day. That's fucking crazy, man. Welcome to Weird Movie Club. I am the lady and I sound like this. Today's movie is Mean John Malfoy's And now, your host, Anil Hans Siri. Hello everybody and welcome to Weird Movie Club, the show on the internet where two puppeteers, one from Canada who loves weird movies, and one from Japan who doesn't really watch any movies, at least not western movies. <laughs> Sorry. I'm Daniel. This is Sari. She's Japanese. Hello. Sari doesn't watch a lot of movies. Not really. But I do, and my favorite are weird ones. So on this show, I force her to watch weird movies. Yay! It's kind of like a torture, isn't it? Um, I'm having fun. Would you have preferred if we had done like a good movie club or an Academy Award winning <laughs> movie club or a French art film movie club? Instead, we're doing weird movie club. Yeah, it's fun. All right, well, I've chosen the movie today, and I told you ahead of time what it was, but I don't think you had time to look up any spoilers or anything. No. But the movie we're doing today is kind of a famous movie, not just among weird movie fans. So I don't know if everybody would even consider this to be a weird movie because a lot of being a fan of weird movies is liking underground things that nobody's heard of. But this movie was kind of a mainstream success. Mm. It's still considered a weird movie, but this is like a weird movie that somebody's grandparents might have seen. Oh. Uh, so the movie that we're going to be watching today is called Being John Malkovich. John Mar do you know anything about this movie at all? I've heard of that movie. You've heard of it? Yeah. And not, not just for me or, or no, only no, for me? No, no, It was kind of popular when I was a kid. It was in movie theater. Were you a kid? Because I'm pretty sure I was an adult. It came out in 1999. I was in high school. Ah, uh, I guess I was 19. Oh. So you were 19? Wait. Yeah, Sorry, I was... I, I was in junior high. Wow, you're younger than me. Uh-huh. You make me feel like an old man. That movie came out when you were in junior high, but did you know anything about the movie or the story or anything? I remember the poster looks weird. The poster looks weird? Yeah. Was that movie a hit in Japan? Do you remember? I don't know, but because I remember, I think it was a certain level hit mm. because I was in the countryside and the movie was playing in the countryside movie theater. Do you know who John Malkovich is? No, I don't know who he is. You know what? I'm just going to tell you because they don't really explain it in the movie. You know, I probably haven't seen this movie since I was like 19 or 20 years old. But Wait, what's the title again? Being John Malkovich. The Japanese title is different. Is it? The title is The Whole of Malkovich. 
Wow, that's a horrible title. <laughs> that's that's very sexually suggestive. The whole of Malkovich. Yeah. Oh my God. That's the title. Wow, that's disturbing. Oh. That, that sounds like a sexual thing. Mm. All right, but do you know the actor John Malkovich? He's a very famous actor. He's been in like over 70 movies, Hollywood movies. Wow. He's very famous. Wow, I don't know. And uh, this is maybe a spoiler, but he is in this movie. Yeah. As you might have uh, guessed from the title, yeah, being I John guess. Malkovich. I remember he was in Of Mice and Men. Mm. Did you ever see that? No. So to be honest with you, when I watched this movie at age 19 years old, I didn't actually know who John Malkovich was either. Okay. Because I was young, I guess, but I did end up seeing like a lot of movies he was in afterwards. Mm -hmm. He received an Academy Award nomination for his performance in Places of the Heart and In the Line of Fire a movie from the 80s and 90s. He's been in more than 70 films, including The Killing Fields, Empire of the Sun, Dangerous Liaisons, Of Mice and Men, Mulholland Falls, Con Air. Oh yeah, he was in Con Air. Oh, that's a great movie. I wish we could do that for Weird Movie Club, but I, I don't think it's weird enough. Mm. Rounders, Shadow of the Vampire. Shadow of the Vampire is a little bit weird. Ripley's Game, Johnny English, Burn After Reading. Anyway, and so on and so on and so on. Mm, I don't know any of the movies you listed. All right, well, let's watch the movie and find out. Are you excited? Yay! Movie! Weird movie time! Weird movie time! Do you think that it's kind of weird that John Malkovich has a portal? I mean, do you think that it might have some sort of significance? What is going on? Huh? I discovered that portal. It's my head! John Cusack, Cameron Diaz, Catherine Keener, and John Malkovich. Malkovich! Malkovich! Being John Malkovich. All right, and now we are back from watching Being John Malkovich. So, Sari, tell me your thoughts. That movie was really weird. Oh, you did think it was weird. It's a weird movie. Because, you know, all the movies we watch are, are weird. Did you think it was weirder than, than usual, or...? Yes. You did? Yes. You thought it was weirder than usual. Weirder than the Holy Mountain? Uh, it's different, but maybe the the level of weirdness maybe it's the same to me right now. Really? Most weird movies are like a little bit underground, and this movie was like a very kind of mainstream hit. Yeah, it's weird that movie was a mainstream hit. Yeah, maybe let's talk about the story first. I have so many questions I want to ask you about your thoughts, though. Yes. The movie features puppeteers, so that was yeah, so, unknown not to me. So we need to, to talk about that, because I'm not sure if the Weird Movie Club fans know this, but we are both puppeteers, and uh, this is like a big puppetry movie. And it doesn't exactly show puppetry in the most positive light. No, no, but um, besides being a very weird movie, this movie has a lot of puppetry in it, and the puppetry was actually really, really good, I thought. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of a lot of weird movies do have puppetry, but... This one's marionette. Yeah. And we can see, like, controllers, and they're actually operating puppets, and... Yeah, and it's a big part of the story. The main character yeah. is a puppeteer. Yeah. Well, let's just recap the story in case anybody just decided to listen to this without watching the movie first. Okay. So there's a puppeteer being played by John Cusack. He's another famous actor. I kind of want to ask you, because this movie had like a lot of famous actors oh. in it, and I wanted to know if you recognized any of them. Did you recognize any of the actors in this movie? John Markovich. 
looked familiar to me. Oh, have you seen him in something? Maybe. How about anybody else? That girl. Which girl? Not Lottie. The other one. Maxine? Maxine looks familiar. Ah,、uh, yeah. Well, let me, let me just go through the story a little bit and I'll、yes. tell you the actress who played Maxine in a second. So, the main character, I guess he's the main character, the puppeteer,、mm. Mm. he's played by John Cusack.、Um, have you seen him in anything? Mm, I don't think so. All right. Well, he plays a puppeteer and he's portrayed as being like just a real piece of shit. Like he's a horrible, horrible person. And it's kind of because he's a puppeteer that he is such a horrible person. It's like kind of like <laughs> they use puppetry to be like he's the most pathetic human being that possibly can exist. And the way we show that is by portraying him as a puppeteer. Yeah. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I don't feel good about it. Me neither. When I first started to become a puppeteer,、mm. the only thing a lot of people knew about puppetry at all was this movie.、And、oh, no. So people would constantly ask me, I guess being John Malkovich is your favorite movie, huh? Because <laughs> you're a puppeteer, you must love that movie. And I was like, why, why would that、uh... make me love that movie? That movie is written from the point of view of somebody who hates puppeteers. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> There's literally a line in the movie where a character says, The puppeteer told me he loved me. Isn't that the most pathetic thing you've ever heard? Yes. And then she laughs. Yeah. Anyway, this piece of crap puppeteer, he's a horrible human being. And of course he is because he's a puppeteer. Worst people on earth.、Um, his wife is named Dottie, and she's played by a very famous actress. Is she? Yes,、oh. she's Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz is a very famous actress, and she's normally in movies portrayed as like sort of like a, a very beautiful lady or like even a sex symbol、okay. in a lot of movies. But in this movie, she was supposed to be like the kind of unsexy wife, which is kind of a weird departure from、uh-huh. the kinds of characters she normally plays because she's usually she's a sex pot in a lot of movies. I think her first role. Role was actually in the movie The Mask, where she just literally played a sex pot.、Mm. Uh, and she was also in Charlie's Angels. Oh, okay. And、uh, lots of other movies. So she plays the wife who has some like weird thing where she has all sorts of exotic pets and she、mm. thinks they're all sick all the time.、Mm. I think there's like a name for that, like some sort of psychological disease where you think that your children have a disease, but she seems to have that with her pets.、Mm. He's, he's called Moon Shazen Shinsurum by Roxy. And she has a day job. I'm not sure if she's a veterinarian or if they explain it. I was kind of listening for it, but I never quite caught it in the movie. So if it is, if they do explain it in the movie, I missed it.、Mm. I don't know what her job is. So they have like kind of a bad marriage、mm. right from the beginning. They make that clear. And since he's a puppeteer and he's a piece of crap, his wife. Kind of reasonably suggests that he get a job because puppetry isn't a job.、Mm. So he, he gets a job filing because, as you know, Sari, because we're puppeteers, puppeteers have magical fingers <laughs> that can move really fast and do filing almost like magic. That's, that's wrong information. Yeah, it seems like this information is not correct. So then he gets a job in an unusual workplace,、mm. the seven and a half floor. Yeah, that was cool. It's like Harry Potter's、uh, station terminal. Yeah. So he works in this office and he falls in love with. <laughs> I don't know why he falls in love. It's weird. There's a woman who's really, really mean to him and she seems crazy. Her name is Maxine and he supposedly falls in love with her, although there's no chemistry between them at all whatsoever.、Mm. He becomes really infatuated, obsessed with her. That's the actress who you said you recognize. Yeah. And she's an actress by the name of Catherine Keener.、Mm. 
doesn't ring a bell. Catherine Keener, Keener's great. She's been in lots of movies. She started off doing a lot of independent films. Uh-huh. I might be wrong, but I think this might have been her first kind of mainstream film, as you can call it that, because it's a uh-huh. weird movie. But after this, she did like kind of more major Hollywood stuff. Like she also played the love interest in The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Mm. My, one of my favorite movies I remember her in is she was in like a little independent movie called Living in Oblivion, which I really love, which starred Steve Buscemi. Mm. If anyone's less listening, I'd suggest you check it out. Unfortunately, I'm not sure if it's weird enough for us to watch on this okay. podcast, but it was a great movie. Anyways, yeah, Catherine Keener. Do you remember anything you might have seen her in? She's been in a lot, no, I guess. No, no. She just looked familiar to me. She she does have like a very, you know, distinct face mm. and way of talking. And uh, in this movie, she was like playing like a really mean, horrible character. Yeah. Which she was great at. Mm. She did a really good job portraying that kind of character. But she also plays really nice characters in lots of movies mm. where she's like a really lovely, genuinely nice person. And she's good at that kind of role, too. Oh, wow. She's she, a good actor. She just has like some kind of charisma about her. I think that's why they picked her for this movie, because even though her character's horrible, mm. there's still some something kind of likable about her even though she's mm. being awful yeah i think if if they chose another actress it might have been like less believable that everyone in the movie falls in love with her yes and literally every character in the movie falls in love with her yeah so the the shitty puppeteer who's actually like apparently a really good puppeteer which doesn't make sense because i don't know how such a bad person could be such a good artist but i don't know mm. anyway he finds a portal to john malkovich's brain in the movie they call it a portal mm. but let's call it a hole they find John Malkovich's hole. Yes. <laughs> and and he tells Maxine about it. And Maxine just kind of believes him, even though she never actually goes in it herself. She just kind of takes his word for it. Yeah, she's never been there. Yeah. Like if I told you, like if you'd never seen this movie and I said, Sari, I found a secret door that leads to a famous actor's brain and you can go inside it for 15 minutes. Mm. Would you just take that face value and be like, okay, yeah, sure. Cool, Dan. I believe you. And you wouldn't like check it out to see if I was real or like even just laugh it off and ignore me? I would laugh and maybe ignore you. Yeah, like you wouldn't just believe me. No. And then you wouldn't on top of that say like, huh, that's interesting. Let's charge people $200 each to do that, to go inside John Malkovich's head. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do that. This bothered me too when I was watching this movie. I don't remember this bothering me the first time I watched it, but doesn't $200 seem like kind of too low of a price? Yeah, it's low. <laughs> it's like a magical metaphor physical thing and it's kind of like less than the price to go to like Disneyland for yeah. two days. It should be more expensive, right? Yeah, it should be like Mm, $500. It should be like $2,000 or something. Like, But maybe people wouldn't believe it. For more money? Yeah. I don't know. They had like long queues. It seemed like people would have paid. And there was like repeating customers, right? Right. They could have had like an introductory offer where it's like cheaper the first time and yeah. then they charge more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It didn't seem like a good business model yeah, to me. Yeah, 200 is a bit too low. Yeah, so what ends up happening is he's trying to seduce Maxine, mm. but fails. She doesn't like him at all. Mm. And why would she? He's disgusting, filthy puppeteer. <laughs> but then his wife, Dottie, goes into John Malkovich, and she decides that she's um, transgendered. Yeah. Although in the movie, she uses the term transsexual, which I'm not sure if that's actually the correct term. Mm, that was weird. Yeah. But at any rate, she decides that she really w- wants to be a man. She's like a woman in a male's body and she talks about getting some sort of surgery to become a man. Yeah. I guess she actually want to become John Markovich. 
Malkovich. Yeah, she really wants to be John Malkovich. And Maxine sees Dottie inside John Malkovich and falls in love with Dottie, but only when Dottie's inside John Malkovich. She's Lottie, Lottie, right? What did I say? You keep saying Dottie. Okay, Lottie. Yes. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm saying the wrong name. I'm a bad podcast presenter. Sorry. <laughs> My mistake. It's Lottie. Yes. When I see those characters, I don't really think of their names. I just think, oh, that's Cameron Diaz. Ah, uh, okay. Catherine Keener falls in love with Cameron Diaz. Yeah. But only when she's inside John Malkovich. Yeah. Which is weird and never really it's explained. It's weird. Yeah. So um, many weird things. In and then Puppeteer, he goes from just being a piece of shit to being like insanely evil where he sticks his wife in a cage and forces <laughs> her to call the girlfriend so that he can pretend to be the girlfriend in John Malkovich's body, which is almost a bit... But then on the other hand, they're also like forcing John Malkovich to do things without his consent as well. It feels very like problematic. But I felt bad for him to... You felt bad for, for John Kruzek? Yeah. He was trying to cheat on his wife and he failed. And then his wife cheated on him. Like, is there really any reason to feel bad for him? Yeah. He did a really horrible thing. He stuck his wife in a cage for two days with a gun and a monkey. But she did really bad to him. I actually didn't like the wife. Yeah, I mean, she definitely has her issues, but he's worse, I think. Mm. <laughs> but anyways, when Maxine finds out what happened, weirdly enough, she doesn't seem to have any problem with it. In fact, she's like, oh, wow, John Kuzak in, in John Malkovich might even be better than Cameron Diaz inside John Malkovich. <laughs> and then she starts to create a life with him. Yeah. And the puppeteer, because he has super magical puppeteer abilities, because as you know, Sari, not only do we have magic fingers, but we have the ability to control other people's bodies, but only if we go inside their holes. Right, I guess it's wrong information, uh, not so well. So then John Malkovich, being controlled by John Kuzak, becomes a puppeteer, and because John Malkovich is so well-respected, all of a sudden puppetry becomes this huge art form that everybody yeah. loves. It becomes yeah. the biggest thing in the world. In fact, there's... What actor was it? There's another famous... In, oh, it's Sean Penn. Um, Sean Penn's a very famous Academy Award winning actor. Yes. And there's a scene in the movie where he's playing himself and he's saying like, he's saying like, yeah, John Malkovich really set a precedent. I think a lot of other famous actors are going to become puppeteers now oh. and make that transition into puppeteering. <laughs> you know, I guess nobody liked his puppetry when he was John Cusack or mm. nobody, but as John Malkovich, everybody loves his puppetry. Yeah. Except for Catherine Keener, who's pregnant and falling out of love with him. Mm. And then we discovered that the whole secret behind the portal is that there's a group of old people who are going to go into John Malkovich's body and basically steal his body so that they can live forever. Yeah. And whoever John Malkovich's baby is, is going to be the next portal. Right. So all these people want to go into the portal, but they can't because John Kuzak is in there. Mm. So they kidnap Maxine to hold her hostage. Yes. And Lottie tries yes. to kill her and they go inside John Malkovich's subconscious and there's this whole giant action scene jumping from yeah. memory to memory. That was cool too. There's also a scene that I missed over, like a very iconic scene in this movie. One, probably the most famous scene in the movie and I just kind of skipped over it. Uh -huh. Is there is a scene where John Malkovich goes into his <gasps> oh, own mind. Yes, yes, yes. That and everything crazy. is Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. <laughs> Every single person he sees has his face and is yeah. saying his name. It's a fun scene. Yeah. Maxine says, I got pregnant while I was having sex with John Malkovich when you were in there. So that means this is your baby, Cameron yeah, Diaz. Doesn't really make And they decide sense. to raise 
the baby together. John Cusack leaves John Malkovich's body to save Maxine, even though he doesn't have to. Yeah. He tries to go back in, but he ends up in the body of their daughter and he's trapped in there forever. Right. To be tortured by seeing Maxine, who he's still like obsessively in love with for no apparent reason. Mm. John Malkovich's friend in the movie is played by Charlie Sheen, who's another famous actor. And this movie took place in 1999. And there's a leap into the future, seven years, which would have been like 2006. And in that, John Malkovich looks like way older, has gray hair, and Charlie Sheen is bald. Charlie Sheen, not bald these days. Oh, okay. Still has his hair. That was like... I don't know why they thought Charlie Sheen was going to go bald in only seven years, but Mm. that was a thing they showed in the Mm. movie. There was also... um, Do you know who Brad Pitt is? Yeah. He had a very tiny cameo in the movie as well. Oh, really? There was a scene where they were interviewing Catherine Keener, playing the character Mm -hmm. of Maxine, and the camera moves to the right of her... And there's Brad Pitt standing there looking kind of embarrassed. Oh. (laughs) Just kind of smiling. He doesn't say anything. Oh. So what do you think the creative process of deciding to make a movie about going into real life actor John Malkovich's brain was? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the director and John Malkovich is friends? They weren't. They weren't? No. The writer? Not as far as I know. No, as far as I know, they they didn't know each other at all. Uh, Maybe John Malkovich... Has a very distinct face. Could be. Maybe actually the first scene the writer comes up with it's the one like old Markovich faces with Markovich Markovich. That's possible. You told me that you thought this was a really weird movie. Yeah. Do you think this is the weirdest movie we've watched in Weird Movie Club? Like, do you think this is weirder than Eraserhead, Sari? Uh, I think this, yeah, to me, this movie is weirder than wow. Eraserhead. This is weirder than Eraserhead. Yeah, because this has puppets in it and, like, weird floor in the building and the relationship is all messed up and then... Uh, Eraserhead also has a puppet in it. Like, Eraserhead can be, you know, very, like, art, arty film can be like an art but this movie is not really meant to be an art film and still like the super weird choices like why why does this writer choose John Markovich the particular person who actually exists and make it like all the movie about people going to so you don't think that the filmmakers intended this to be an art film it can be it can be but it has some uh, you know entertaining like weirdly kind of making sense parts in it yeah it has like a very easy to follow storyline yeah well can i tell you a few things about this movie yes a lot of movies that we watch in weird movie club are written and directed by the same person a lot we watch a lot of auteur movies you know what that means auteur no an auteur means a filmmaker who does everything they write it they direct it they usually do the editing sometimes they even do the music so like david lynch would be an auteur but even some like big filmmakers you'd consider to be like an auteur like people would say that james cameron is also an auteur even though he's like a huge Hollywood big budget filmmaker. Mm. He does everything himself. Um, But this is not an auteur film. This movie was created by a different director and different writer. And both of those men are interesting fellows. Uh The name of the director is a guy named Spike Jones, And the writer of the movie is a guy named Charlie Kaufman. Okay. Both Spike Jones and Charlie Kaufman have worked on a few different weird movies uh-huh. apart from each other, but they've also made other movies together. Oh. They worked on a movie together called Adaptation, which is another very weird movie. Mm-hmm. 
I'd argue to say that adaptation is even weirder than being John Malkovich. Really? And they collaborated on another movie called Sindake, New York. Forgive me if I'm pronouncing that wrong. And that movie might be one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. Oh. It's like really crazy. Okay. <laughs> like, and both of those movies are probably movies that we're going to watch in future weird movie clubs. So those guys collaborate a lot. Mm. But they, they've also worked on things separately as well. And Charlie Kaufman is very famous as a screenwriter. He also wrote another movie called The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, mm. which is another weird movie. And that movie was directed by a French fellow named Michael Gondry. Okay. And Michael Gondry has also kind of written and directed some other movies, which are also weird movies. So it's like all a bunch of weird movie people all connected <laughs> together. You said that you, since you heard of this movie and you're not like a big movie fan, mm. that you assumed that this was kind of a big hit in Japan. Mm, I how, assume. How do you think this movie did? Uh, maybe it did okay. Well, I can tell you that it grossed over $32 million, which doesn't seem big, but considering how weird the movie is, that's a lot. Yeah. And it had a $15 million budget, so it did make money. Good. In addition to that, on Rotten Tomatoes, oh. this movie has a score of 93%. Wow, that's very high. It got very, very good reviews. Oh. Roger Ebert, a famous film critic, awarded the film the full stars, the highest mark. Wow. Like all critics like really really love this movie mm, and why. this movie was nominated for three academy awards did it win any no it was just nominated okay Spike Jones was nominated for Best Director. Mm. Charlie Kaufman was nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Mm. And Catherine Keener um, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Okay. Not a lot of these weird movies kind of get Oscar nods. And even though it didn't win any, it's still pretty impressive for yeah. a weird movie about right. John Malkovich's hole. Yeah. Why John Malkovich? Yes. This was a question lots of people had, mm. including John Malkovich. Right. I don't know the whole story. I'll just tell you what I know. But from what I heard, mm. uh, he started writing the screenplay without having any sort of celebrity character or whole. It just started off being a screenplay about those characters. And then at some point he decided to put in the portal idea. Mm. And he said that it was always John Malkovich. He never had any actor, other actor in mind. Wow. And apparently when he was working with one film producer, Producer, a film producer got really annoyed and said, why does it have to be John Malkovich? Why can't it be Tom Cruise instead? And he said, no, it has to be John Malkovich. And apparently when he finally got to pitch the idea to John Malkovich, John Malkovich said, why me? Why not Tom Cruise instead? <laughs> Oh. And John Malkovich was really, really worried. He was like really afraid to do this movie oh. because he was terrified because he said, my name is in the title of the movie. If this movie's bad, this could ruin my whole career. Right. Yeah. And John Malkovich was kind of like a well-respected actor, but he wasn't like a megastar. Mm. And this movie actually made a lot of people more familiar with who he is. Like a lot of people had seen him in movies, but they might not have known the actor's name. But after this, everybody was like, Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. <laughs> like people really knew John Malkovich's name just from watching this movie. So that helped his career. It ended up helping his career because the movie was well-received and got good reviews. But, That's good. But it could have killed him. Yeah. It was like so a, he, he took a big risk. Yeah, huge risk. And wow. I think he was like really terrified um, but i guess he decides to do it after he reads the script 
I'm not sure. Mm. I think the script was part of the problem. I think he probably read the script and was like, what? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I don't know why he decided to do it. Maybe there's an interview somewhere where he explains it, but mm. uh, I didn't do a lot of research on this episode, unfortunately. And it doesn't mention it on Wikipedia, so therefore I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I don't have all the answers. Sure. I'm only a piece of crap puppeteer. I'm not a real <laughs> That's That really bothers me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the ironic thing is, even though puppeteering was used as like a running gag and an example of a bad person, mm. a lot of people really loved the puppetry in this movie. And mm. after this movie came out, a lot of people actually sort of got interested in puppetry, including more artistic adult oh. puppetry. And it sort of created like a little puppetry renaissance. Oh, that's good. And this movie actually kind of helped puppetry. Oh, that's good. Which brings me to a question you asked me during the movie, yeah. which I didn't want to answer because I was like, save it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you were like, who's doing the puppetry? Is that actually John Kuzek, the actor, and John Malkovich, the actor, doing the puppetry in the movie? And the answer is no. Okay. There was a different puppeteer doing the puppetry, and his name is Philip Hubert. Uh... And Philip Hubert is a very, very famous marionette artist. Oh, uh, wow. And the thing he's the most famous for is this movie. Oh, wow. Which maybe makes him a traitor to other puppeteers, because this movie makes puppeteers look bad. The puppetry was... You know, really amazing. Yeah, it was really amazing. And it's mm. possible we might meet Philip Hubert at some point because, you know, puppetry is a... Uh... It's a small world. It's a small world, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he manipulated and controlled all of the puppets in this movie, mm. including one that looks like John Cusack, one that looks like Cameron Diaz, mm. and one that looks like Catherine Keener. I don't know if you noticed this or not. I noticed mm. this watching the movie. But the very first scene with puppets mm. are two marionettes and one looks like John Cusack, and the other looks like Catherine Keener. So he has a puppet of her that looks like her before he even meets her, meets oh, her which is maybe wow. maybe why he was so attracted to her. Oh, maybe. I thought the puppet show part was really well done. Yeah. Not just controlling or just like puppet designs, but also the story itself, like choreography. Do you think the puppeteer, actual puppeteer did everything, including the story? I don't know for sure, but what I sort of remember hearing... <laughs> Mm -hmm. is they had a script of what they wanted the puppet to do. Like the, oh. in the script, they described the actions of the puppeteer mm. and the puppet. Mm. I'm not sure if it was storyboarded or not, but they showed it to Philip Hubert. Mm. And he said, oh, it's impossible for the marionette to do all of those things. It's like no marionette can do all those things. Mm. And they were like, oh, but come on. <laughs> Can you do it, please? Huh. So what he ended up doing was he built several different marionettes with several different controllers right. in order to be able to achieve all those things. So when like when the puppet does the flipping through yeah, the air, yeah. that's a different controller with different stringing. I thought so. That's be impossible. Because you can't do that many different things with the same puppet. So he had to use like different stringing techniques to make the puppet do all the different things. Right. And like it looked like one puppeteer was controlling two puppets, but... I think it actually shot differently or got another puppeteer. I don't know, but it does seem really difficult for one puppeteer to be controlling yeah, both those puppets at the same time. Yeah, there's lots of control in it. I think, yeah, they are. They shot around it. Maybe they shot him doing one side and then the other side, and he actually did do all the puppeteering, or maybe he had some help. I don't really know. Mm. There's also a scene at the end where there's a giant, yeah, yeah. life-sized yeah. marionette. And the way it moves is really realistically. And if you look at the controller and in the scene, it's John Malkovich controlling it. The way he's controlling it doesn't match what the puppet's doing at all. Uh. And 
considering how heavy it would be and stuff, and uh. it's not like a real controller, it's just a bunch of levers. My feeling is that they probably had like a group of puppeteers all controlling it at the same uh. time. And then they edit it to look like John Malkovich. Still really good. Have you ever seen The Sound of Music, Sari? Yeah. Do you remember it well? No. There's a scene in The Sound of Music where the kids all put on a puppet show for their parents. Mm. But instead of being like an amateur puppet show that a kids would make, it's like a really super professional looking marionette show. Okay. Done by professional marionette artists. But then they wow. shoot it to make it look like the kids are operating the puppets. That's a weird choice. But the interesting thing is that the filmmakers were a bit more serious about puppetry. So even though the kids aren't really controlling the marionettes, mm. they taught the kids to move the controllers in the way that puppeteers would actually move the controllers. So it actually looks a bit more realistic the way uh, the kids are operating, uh, as opposed to this movie where John Cusick's just wiggling his fingers around mm. and uh, John Malkovich is just pulling a bunch of levers. <laughs> they, don't, <laughs> they don't look like they're actually doing real puppetry at all. Right. I had some bias. I kind of felt fun to horrible puppeteer you felt other than those two women i hated those two women kind of all three of them were bad yeah but cameron diaz's character lottie lottie i mean i feel like she's probably the least worst out of the three of them but you don't agree with me no she was kind of being really bad you... she didn't understand like puppetry as a job and she was mean to him and she was kind of supporting him though you know when she was kind of like dismissing puppetry as not being a job you you sort of uh you were offended by that you were like yeah oh. but she was trying to be nice about it she was like you know maybe just get a job until the puppetry thing turns around you know like she right. wasn't like saying he had to give up puppetry or anything she was still being kind of nice about it yeah and then, like, she started kind of sleeping with, uh... Catherine Keener, Maxine? Yeah, Maxine. But that was only that was only after he was already trying to cheat on her with Maxine. But he was, like, the puppeteer guy was more like he was just being played and he, like, just didn't look too serious because he was such a joke yeah. against Maxine. Yeah, but, you know, he wasn't exactly, like, a good husband, right? No. Like, he wasn't nice to his wife at all. I think she was nicer to him than he was to her, really. Mm. Like, he wasn't a good person. Okay. <laughs> the only thing that makes him sympathetic at all, to us maybe, is that he's a puppeteer. And maybe to the audience, it's like, oh, he does really good puppetry. But other than that, he's, he's definitely not a good person, right? Yeah. But kind of none of them are. No. What about John Malkovich? Do you think oh. he's a good person? We haven't talked about this, but he loses in the end. He's yeah. taken over by a bunch of old people. I know. I feel bad. I think, yeah, I think John Malkovich in the movie was the least evil. I mm. mean, he's maybe nicer than others and I'm, he was just I taken mean, over. No one in the character is really a good person. Like, the nicest character in the movie seems to be like the old man but even that old man is trying to like steal somebody's body and live yeah. forever like even that guy's kind of evil yeah there really aren't a lot of likable characters in this movie except are there except charlie charlie sheen yeah <laughs> no but he didn't take it serious when john markovich told him about his fear yeah that's true i think the thing is is charlie sheen the actor and he was playing himself in the movie mm. he's a very 
crazy and controversial character. I don't know if you know much about him, but he's like a guy who's bragged about sleeping with prostitutes and doing lots of drugs. And for a few years, he went on like this wild, crazy rampage where he said, I have tiger's blood and started screaming. And he, he went really, really insane. He's like a very crazy person. In real life? In real life, oh, yeah. Wow. And this movie was kind of taking place before all of that stuff happened. Oh. But in this movie, he was almost still acting like... Uh, you know he was being like a bit obnoxious and saying like yeah. dirty things that's kind of like a toned down version of how he is in real life oh wow so i don't know if his character was good in this movie or not but in real life he doesn't seem like a good person mm. he's had many wives many of whom wow. have like accused him of domestic abuse and uh, so None of them are really likable and wonder why this movie became successful. A lot of writing teachers will tell you that you need to have likable characters in order for your movie to be successful and liked. Mm. But even though I was annoyed by the puppeteering stuff, I still enjoyed this movie. And when this movie first came out, puppeteering was never anything I considered at all. I didn't get interested in puppeteering until years after I saw this movie. So at the time, I was just like, oh, that was a really fun, enjoyable movie. And I enjoyed it, even though none of the characters were likable. Mm. And I think it kind of proves that you can make a movie with without any likable characters and still enjoy it. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Even though you didn't like the characters? Or maybe you did like the characters? Uh, I mean... <laughs> Not too much, but yeah, I enjoyed the movie. In Breaking Bad, which you've seen a little bit of, I tried to make Sari watch it, but she's only watched, I think, the first two seasons, and then she kind of stopped. But Walter White, the main character of that show, he's not really likable. Mm. But it's still a very enjoyable show to watch and see all the things he gets up to, even mm. though... And sometimes he has little moments where you do like him and then sometimes he's awful and maybe there was a few moments in this movie where John Cusack's character wasn't totally horrible but I can't really mm. think of any I guess the parts where he's doing puppetry then you kind of yeah. like oh and he's like talking about art and he's in his element but then he goes back to obsessing over Maxine and you're just mm. like oh there's of course the scene in the movie where it seems like he thinks from his point of view that Maxine's going to be killed unless he gives oh. up John Malkovich and he's like oh, I don't know if I want to do that and he really has to think it over oh, that's right. doesn't yeah, look yeah, good yeah. for his character yeah, that's right. And then it's not till like later on that he like changes his mind, but yeah. he does it in like such a pathetic way. Yeah. A lot of like characters have to have story arcs too. Mm. And his character doesn't really have a story arc. His character kind of starts off being like a bad person mm. and then he becomes a worse person and mm. then he continues being a bad person. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a bit two-dimensional i guess and that and and the other characters don't change either maxine yeah. stays the same until the very very end where she kind of becomes nice and starts a nice but, lesbian but life with cameron diaz doesn't give any reason no she it's just really random yeah it's really random it's not like it's not really an arc it's just more like a sudden shift like okay now i'm gonna be good yeah like maxine just falls in love with her out of nowhere she just yeah. like it seems like a really random like i don't feel like anybody falls in love that quickly or in that way Way. I mean, obviously, nobody falls in love in that way because nobody falls in love by falling in love with someone who's gone into another person's body through a portal because that just that's not an everyday occurrence. <laughs> Even so, like nothing about their relationship seemed very plausible mm. to me. Like the fact that there was like a 10 minute, I mean, not 10 minutes, but there was a very lengthy scene where Cameron Diaz was trying to murder yeah. Catherine Keener with a gun. And no, then no. afterwards, they're like, I love you. I love you. And we're a couple now. It yeah, seemed, yeah, yeah. I mean, call me unromantic but if somebody tried to murder me with a gun i wouldn't pursue a relationship with that person yeah and we know 
that it's like a long-term relationship and it works out well because it cuts to seven years in the future and they're still in love and very happy together. Mm, but I can't really believe it if somebody tried to murder me and then like make up. And also the fact that, you know, Cameron Diaz phones Catherine Keener and is like, oh, my, my, my husband held a gun against my head, forced me to call you and mm. locked me in a cage so that he could have sex with you. Mm. And her reaction was like, wow, maybe I like this guy. Yeah, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's what she said. That's yeah. impressive. I mean, I don't remember thinking a lot about that at the time I watched this movie, but that feels like problematic. <laughs> I kept thinking, wow, this is messed up. Yeah, this movie in some ways has not aged well since 1999. Ah, uh, maybe, yeah. Like, I think even, even when this movie came out, maybe those scenes were like a little bit like, ooh, but now it's like, oh my god. <laughs> There's like a lot of silly characters in this movie, too. Oh, yeah, that li- liaison, the lady, she's crazy. Like, yeah, the what do they call her? An executive liaison. Yeah. She's not a secretary, she's an executive liaison. Yeah. And she, like, mishears everything that everybody says, except it seems like she's faking. And then she convinces the old guy that he has a speech impediment, even though he doesn't, (laughs) because she can't understand anything he says. Yeah. Some weird kind of, like, very farcical humor in there, Mm. combined with some really dark stuff and just... Mm. You know what? I think you've convinced me, Sari. (sighs) I think this is a weird movie, and I'm glad that we chose it for Weird Movie Club. Yay. Now we've seen some weird movies. I just want to check in with you. How are you doing with the Weird Movie Club? How are you enjoying these weird movies? Are you starting to become a fan of the weird movie genre? Yeah, yeah, I like weird movies. Does it no. make Does it make you want to watch weird movies? More? Yeah, more, more. Here's a Here's a really important question. This movie, I think, really falls into the category of a of being a what if movie. What yeah. if you could go into the mind of a famous actor like John Malkovich? If you had the opportunity to go into John Malkovich's brain and, like, live in his body for 15 minutes, Mm. would you want to do that? Maybe not. What about another actor? Is there any famous actor who'd be like, yeah, that'd be cool to live in that person's body? Or not, it doesn't necessarily an actor, any any person. Is there any person who'd be like, oh, it'd be interesting to go in their body for 15 minutes? Yeah, yeah, I want to, I want to try a random manga artist I respect. I want to kind of peek. Uh, to to learn, learn their secrets. Yeah, what they think actually while they draw or something. Uh, yeah. Not sure if they could hear his thoughts though. But ah, uh, or at least it would be cool to watch, watch them, draw. them. Yeah, yeah. But then you could be unlucky, and they could just be eating lunch or watching mm, TV. <laughs> that would be boring. You know, there were scenes in the movie where that happened with John Malkovich and people still seemed really happy. Yeah. Like there was a guy who was upset because he was overweight. And mm. he wanted to experience being a thinner person. And all John Malkovich kind of did was eat some snacks from the fridge. And yet that guy seemed really happy when he right. came out. Yeah. What do you think about the movie? I really enjoyed this movie. When it first came out, I saw it in the theaters. And I absolutely loved it. Mm. But now, since I saw that movie originally, I became a puppeteer. Mm. And I got asked a thousand times, don't you love being John Malkovich? And now I have kind of a bit less love for it. Oh, okay. I still think it's overall like a good movie, but like... You got annoyed? It's definitely not my favorite. And like, I hate being asked about it. Oh, yes, yes. I feel like it's really offensive to ask a puppeteer like, I guess you love being John Malkovich, (laughs) huh? You're just like the character in that movie. Right. Sticking women in cages and (laughs) filing... Your magic falling powers. Oh, yes. (laughs) My God. All right, well, 
for all of you out there who are listening to our podcast, if anybody's listening, um, us puppeteers, we're not as horrible as uh, John Cusack. Or you want me to use the character's name, Craig. Craig. Craig in the movie. We're not Craig Schwartz or... No. We're two really cool, special people who you should buy beer for. <laughs> and uh, subscribe to our podcast if you're not already subscribed. And, uh, you know, buy tickets to our puppet shows. Yeah. How should we end the podcast, Sari? Let's just end it. Like without saying goodbye or anything? Let's say goodbye. Bye! Bye! Thank you so much for listening next week's movie. Please, mind game. That's right, the leg. Next week's movie is the Japanese film Mind Game from 2004, directed by Masaki Yuasa. We'll see you then. Until next time, please me who has the leech on the set of the new jersey star. Yeah. <laughs>